Well, good morning. Have you turn around and say hello to the folks around you? Go ahead and introduce yourself to them. Tell them Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all of the dads who are in uh, the Mass this morning. It's a real gift for us to be together. I pray that your Father's Day is filled with grace. I know what happened already. Um, your kids woke you up early this morning. They gave you breakfast and, bre- and bed, right? Wife gave you a foot massage this morning, right? And your wife looked at you and said, Honey, you don't have to worry about the honeydew list for the rest of the year. Every wife just looked at me and said, you shut up right now, right? <laughs> Happy Father's Day to all of the dads in the house. It's a real gift for us to be together. Uh, dads are important, right? And to my dads, I say to you, if you knew that there was another fridge, would you be interested? Happy Father's Day to you. Dads, I'm giving you a fridge today. If you knew that there was a fridge, would you be interested? Dads are important. We know that uh, God gave Joseph to Mary. Joseph was given to Mary to protect her, but Joseph was also handpicked by God to reveal to Jesus what the Father looked like. Think about this. God the Father looked over all of creation, all of humanity from all time, and God the Father said, I need a guy who looks like me, talks like me, thinks like me, loves like me, to teach my son what being a man is. And that's what Joseph as a father did. He fathered, not in the siring of Jesus, but in the raising of Jesus, Joseph was a dad. But, boy, being a dad today is a lot harder than it was for Joseph. Although, let's give Joseph a little credit, right? Joseph lived in the house with Mary and Jesus. Jesus is perfect. Mary was born without sin. If anything goes wrong in the house, that's always your fault, right? It's like, who did it? I guess it was me, right? But dads, it's tough to be like Joseph, Amen? amen? If you had 37 hours in a day, maybe... But let's talk about fatherhood for a second. We're going to honor our mothers in a minute, but let's just talk about dads. Boy, especially when your kids are young. Men and women feel things differently. What's the first thing that goes through a mom's mind when she has a little, a little baby? She has a little girl. What goes through a mama's mind? She says, oh, Where's my baby? I want to touch my baby, right? What's the first thing that goes through a dad's mind when he has a little girl? What's the first thing he thinks of? Prom. <laughs> He's like, I tell you what, whoever taking my little girl to prom, gotta get through me, right? What's the first thing that goes through a dad's mind when he has a little girl? Man, I gotta pay for a wedding, right? Like, I'm serious. Like, men and women are different. The feminine heart, if the feminine heart wants to protect, what does the feminine heart do? She does this. When the masculine heart wants to protect, what does the masculine heart do? 
See, men and women are different. We feel different. We think different. Now, now to, to our mothers here, like, I want to honor you. We're going to come to you in just a second. I know that many of you also work professionally while also balancing some other fam- family obligations. But for a moment, most of our dads, you know what it's like to provide. Now, if we can go to the season in a dad's life where your kids were young, that means that you were in the early steps of your professional life. What's it like for a dad, a father, to have young kids and to be young in his career? What goes through his head at night? I can't lose my job. I got to keep providing. Right? Men feel provision. Here's the problem with providing as a father. You never have enough time to do everything at work that you could or would want to. It's a problem of time. Dads, you never have enough time at work to provide. But here's also the struggle for dads. You never have enough time at home. You never have enough time to be present to your wife. You have enough, never have enough time to be a, a, in it with her, helping at, around the house. You never have enough time to get the honey-do list together. You never have enough time to do all the homework with your kids. You never have enough time to spend time with them, cut the grass, make sure the house is okay, go fishing, go hunting, watch LSU beat Tennessee in baseball. <laughs> Amen for that. If you had 37 hours in a day, dads, happy Father's Day, you could do all of that. But every father in church today knows that there is a tension around time. And to you, dads, I just say to you, if you knew that there was another fridge, would you want one? Moms, you know what it's like too, right? Mothers. Many of our moms who are here today, you know, you, you work professionally. Some of you do that full-time. Some of you do that in balance of other family things. Moms and dads are, are, are doing things together. But many of our moms know the same thing. You don't have enough time to do everything you want to do. You can't do everything professionally if you work professionally. can't do everything at home. can't at 40 look like you did when you were 20. Can't be present to everybody who needs you. Can't keep up with your husband and make sure his needs are met. You can't make sure that your, your emotional life is okay. And all your girlfriends who you haven't talked to in 20 years, right? You haven't reached out to them. You just don't have enough time. Moms, ladies, you just, if you had 37 hours in a day, you could do all of that. Amen? But you can't. And to all of you, all of our mothers, I said, if you knew there was another fridge, would you want one? We're in a series. We're talking about how to live, right? Because how you live affects where you live. Say that with me. How you live affects where you live. One more time. How you live affects where you live. We've been talking about this art of living because he is inviting us to live with him. But how you live is going to affect whether you and I are living here or whether we are living somewhere else. And I fear that the fridge is pulling us away from the Lord. And I'm just saying to you today, if you knew there was another fridge, would you want one? 
Open up the bulletin with me. Open up the bulletin. It's not labeled, but it's page 16. That's going to be after 15, before 17. Right across the street from 17, unlabeled, is page 16. Let's take a look at this together. Look at number two. Nothing wrong with number two. Number two has become the norm. Number two looks certainly happy. Number two is, is probably much more of our experience than number one is. Number two is what most people are living. Number two is what's happening. Notice that they're all looking at a screen. Nothing wrong with the screen. Screens are screens. There's really nothing wrong with that. Actually, they're all watching, right? LSU, Tennessee on the game right there. That's what they're watching, right? Paul Skeens, they're all looking at that screen going, Man, that boy can pitch, right? The guy in the middle there, Right? The one with the busted knees on his jeans. He said, I hope Paul Skeens gets to pitch one more game to break Ben McDonald's record. That's what he's thinking in that picture right there. You see, when you're living in number two, you, for, you don't even know that number one's a possibility. When number two becomes the norm, it's not until something else happens that you say, oh, there's another fridge. Look at number one. Number one is telling number two, hey, there's another fridge. And if you knew that there was another fridge, would you, would you want that? One of the things that happened on Sunday at, at camp is all of our teens were asked to give up their phones for the whole week. You want to know what happened? Number one. And to all of our teens, I just say, like, if you knew that there was another fridge, would you want one? Look at number three and number four. Which one do you think is worth more? They are both depicting the same event, but number four has become the norm. It is worth four times the financial value as number two. Sasser Fratate painted number three. Guess who painted number four? A guy named Pablo Picasso. And the only thing that is noteworthy to me about number four is the fact that the artist scribbled his name on the painting. But we live in a world where we actually, we can look at number four and say, that's the only fridge. Huh. That's the norm. I didn't know that there was another thing. And, and what happens is when, when you say, no, 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 no. Hey, number four, number three. This is possible. Number three is looking at number four saying, if you knew there was another fridge, would you want another fridge? Number six. Don't raise your hand. Don't nod your head. But if you look deep inside your heart, how many of us, that's your philosophy. Number six. Now look, I, I risk saying this today. Number one, it's been my philosophy a whole lot in my life. Number two, I risk saying this. The economy of this island is dependent upon number six. I risk saying that. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with number six. Play hard, work hard. I just know that there's only one word that both of those sentences have in common. And it's the word. And when you work hard and play hard and do that long enough, all of a sudden life becomes. 
Look at number five. Look at that orchestra conductor. This is a complex orchestra. He, he's complex. He's got all kinds of musicians. He's got this whole score in his head. Look at him. Does he look flustered? No. He, he's just, look at him. He's like, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, work, finances, family, God, friends. It's all in rhythm. Does your life look more like number six or number five? And if you knew that there was another fridge, would you be interested? Number eight, number seven, which one describes your family? Number eight, all those jets are moving fast and they're all living parallel lives. They're all moving in the same direction, but they're all moving fast in parallel directions. Does your family right now or when you were raising your kids look more like number eight or number seven? And I fear that unless you have a rotary phone to speak to someone who only knows FaceTime, when you have FaceTime all your life and someone says, but what about a rotary phone? You say, I don't know what you're talking about. I've never seen a rotary phone. I don't know what that's like. All I know is this phone. Sometimes guys like me make statements about technology and people who are listening, they have no clue what I'm talking about because they've never seen it. I, I, I speak to people about number two and I say, no, number one's a possibility. And people are like, I don't know what you're talking about. All I know is number two. Number eight, today's refrigerator in many homes has been, we've replaced all of the Christmas cards and photographs of the kids when they were young. What's on the fridge these days? Calendars. His calendar is orange. Her calendar is blue. My son's calendar is green. And my daughter's calendar is light blue. That's what's on the fridge these days. The modern day fridge, the outside of the fridge, has calendars color-coded. Monday night's dance night's Tuesday night's baseball night. We're going to go back to baseball and dance on Wednesday. Thursday night, we got something at school. Friday, we're going to all get together. We're going to go down to Grand Isle. The fridge in today's family life no longer has Christmas cards and photographs on it. We've got a bunch of calendars. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. I love you. I'm in it with you. I'm just saying, if there was another fridge available for you, would you be interested in that? Because in God's design, He does not want us flying fast in parallel lanes. The goal as a father is not to produce a major league baseball player. It's to be his dad. The goal of a mother is not to produce a professional ballerina. It's to be her mom. And when the fridge only has the calendars, I fear that we don't even think that number seven's a possibility. Happy Father's Day. Because it's tough being a dad. 
if the fridge only has all of the frenetic activity of America on it, and I'm just looking at the two of you today on behalf of a guy that I know who is saying, if you knew there was another fridge, would you be interested? What's it look like, life, when that's the fridge? Flip the page over. Page 17. I'm only asking you to take a very courageous pilgrimage through A1 through A20 right now. Don't raise your hand. Don't say anything out loud. Just let me know in your heart if you know what it's like to live life out of balance. A1 through A20. That's what life looks like when it's out of balance. How we live, it influences where we live. And when we're living out of balance, that's what life looks like. That's the fridge. Okay, y'all, here's the thing. Sometimes you go through seasons in life. I get it. Okay, seasons. A season has a beginning and an end. A season has a very particular personality. And a season has something to accomplish. Many of you went through a season of raising little kids. When you are in a season, temporary, this is what life can look like. Many of us are there. I've been living out of a suitcase for three weeks. This is what my life has looked like in the last three weeks. But it's a season. It can be temporary. Sometimes you go through seasons in life. Y'all, your parents get sick. Your kids get sick. You get sick. Someone you love gets sick. You're caring for them. There's extra on your plate. Things are out of balance. Sometimes you go through seasons in life. Your kids are teenagers, acting like teenagers. It's extra stress at the house. You go through seasons in life. A temporary experience, things are out of balance. You can go through seasons with Hurricane Ida. You can go through seasons at work. We all go through seasons. Temporary experience when life can get out of balance. But sometimes you got to stop and say, huh, is my life out of balance? How did it get out of balance? And what do I have to do in order for it to be back in balance? And so I found myself driving home from Georgia last night with the privilege of being in the car with our teenagers and our chaperones. And I was driving home and I was thinking about balance. And I said to myself, I can't wait to look at my beautiful people and say to them, let's get our lives back in balance. Because I have a rotary phone. (laughs) And all of a sudden the gospel hit me last night. At the sight of the crowds, Jesus' heart was moved with compassion. Because they were troubled. 
and had calendars on their fridge. And Jesus looks at us and he has compassion. And Jesus looks at us and says, you're not, you're not, not supposed to have calendars on your fridge. Jesus says, why do you have calendars on your fridge? Why is everybody in a rush? Jesus Jesus has compassion because half of us in church today are looking at the calendar on your fridge and you're saying, Father Mark, I can't get out of that. If I take my kids out of all those sports, I'm going to have a civil war in my house. Okay? Stay with me next week. This has been the hardest series I've ever preached. I, for Lent, I got up here and I stood before you and I talked about the seven deadly sins. I, I used the word lust in church, and we all know what that means. And for those of you who struggle with that, I, I said, this is what it looks like. And during Lent, people stood in this church and they said, whew, yeah. Talked about pride and envy and gluttony and sloth. And I was expecting there to be a revolt. And people in this pew looked at me and said, huh, yeah. Then I got through Easter, and I felt Jesus was asking me to talk about living. And the first thing I did is I said, hey, let's talk about living Sunday. And it was the hardest homily I have preached in 22 years. Because when I said there's a vision for Sunday, what I felt from us, if I can just be honest, is people get really defensive and look at me and say, God, you have no idea what it's like to live in my world. And I started talking about priorities last week. And now today I'm talking about the fridge and you can feel the tension in the church right now. I love you enough to tell you there's another fridge than the one with all the calendars on it. And if you want help, I can help you. But I have to punt that homily to next week because I'm not quite convinced that either you want another fridge, believe that another one exists, or even have ever taken the time to consider, huh, Am I out of balance or not? Robert Johan, who's my favorite philosopher of the 21st century, said, if our wanting is to be wholehearted, then what we want has to be connected to the rest of reality. Robert Robert Johan said, if we want to live with him, then what we want has to be connected to the rest of reality. I'm just saying to you, there's another fridge. Many of us are so conditioned by the fridge of life that is busy and frenetic and out of balance that what happens, and this is what I think happens, I lived it for such a long time, is we live out of balance out here and we come to church and we sit in a pew and we want Jesus. Finally, I get to be with Jesus. And that's what that fridge feels like. And 
And it dawned on me, maybe we don't know there's another way. I keep talking about a rotary phone. Maybe you've never seen a rotary phone. Okay, I'm just telling you, to live a life like that, out of balance, we come to church, collapse emotionally, look at Jesus, ask for help, What if there was another way? What if there's another fridge? What if, watch this, what if he did live on Ludwig Lane? What if he went home with you? What if he went to work with you? What if he went to the camp with you? What if he went fishing with you? What if he was raising your kids with you? What if you lived with him? Wow, what would that look like? Now, when we live with him, I promise you, his fridge doesn't have calendars on it long term. His fridge, his life, his priorities, they, they look at us and say, he says, no, 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 no. There's another way to live. If we live with him, I'm just telling you, if you knew that there was another way to live, would you be interested in that? Or, you just keep living this. Work hard. Play hard. Just get back to Mass next Sunday. If this is going to change, we just need to stop for a second. And here's your homework. I just challenge you 15 minutes. Take 15 minutes this week and ask yourself if everything on page 617 is anything there, your life. And imagine for a moment if there was another way. Next Sunday, we'll talk about how to do it differently. But this week, from now until next Sunday, I'm just asking us to think But do you want that? Regardless of where you are, do you want another way? We have to live in balance if we are going to live with Him. The question for all of us today is if you could live here with Him, with His fridge, would you want that?